Welcome in to Slapshot Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025, the game streaming on the game Nashville app. The Preds are still on their longest road trip of the season. They're coming off a huge win over the defending Stanley Cup champions. We're going to preview this weekend's game, talking to ESPN hockey writer Greg Wyszynski about the new TV deal with ESPN. We'll also talk to AP reporter Teresa Walker. It's all brought to you by Day One Sponsor, Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, the largest wine and spirit store in Middle Tennessee, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits, our friends at Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries Nashville, with three locally owned and operated locations in Middle Tennessee, with great furniture in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And of course, the man, Carter Church with KW Murfreesboro, your real estate expert. I'm Paul McCann, Brent and... And Zach, hey, they're off tonight. They decided they're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So you know what? I had to go get a co-host that I knew would not let St. Patrick's Day get in the way. He is he is the man. He's a very familiar voice to Pred fans. Thrilled to welcome him to Slapshot Radio. Finally, Jeremy K. Gover. Jeremy, welcome to Slapshot Radio. Glad to have you. Paul, thank you so much. You know, on a, on a other iteration of this show this was my first radio appearance was on slapshot radio way back in the day so way back in the day on a on on another radio station yeah absolutely like the first or second year that's correct well we waited way too long to bring you back on that's for darn sure so uh jeremy catch us up a little bit i know that um you kind of stepped away from full-time coverage of the nashville predators but you know like a bad penny you keep on turning up at uh at bridgestone arena what's that what's going on with you right now so, yeah, so I did retire from uh, 1025 The Game and thegamenational.com, and as well as the Predators Radio Network. Uh, after last year, I made no secret about that coming into the season. Of course, right. I didn't think that a international <laughs> <laughs> pandemic would be the reason why. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but here we are. And <laughs> so the, the, my last game, I think, was on March uh, 7th, 8th, whatever the game of the Dallas was that year. Anyway, and so that'd be my last game, and um, I tried to go to Edmonton for the bubble. That was, that was the idea I was going to do that, but I was uh, warned by several people that uh, the border might not—you know—might not be able to get across the border, or if I if I, if I get there, I can't come back. And I was like, "Well, I kind of have a full time job; I can't really do that." Anyway, so long story short, is I didn't go, which was which was heartbreaking because I wanted to end my season with in person hockey. Sure, uh, even though the experience wouldn't be the same. And uh, I just hung it up. And so uh, I, I decided not to come back this year. But I kept my toe in the water, so to speak. Uh, with, I've, I've been a the Nashville correspondent for AP Radio for the past, I think it's eight or nine years now. And so I've done Titans games and I've done SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, you know, Predators games, obviously, as they've, as they've asked me to do them. And so I got the chance to do three Preds games this year. Uh, AP Radio wanted them. And so... Got to do it. Uh, luckily, the PR uh, people, uh, you know, Nick, Emily, and and, uh, and Kevin, they welcomed me back, and uh, they didn't let me relinquish my bobblehead, which I have right here. With well, me, well, that's so I good. Appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that because it was a, it was a parting gift, and so I, they probably didn't expect to see me that that uh, that soon. But anyway, so I'm doing the NCAA tournament uh, regionals coming up here pretty soon, remotely. Excellent. For AP Radio, so I'm I'm excited. So I'm I'm, I'm still I still have my toe in the water, Paul, but I'm not I, I'm. My my, this is the person. You gave a good analogy, but let me give an even better one. You see a lot of teachers who love the classroom, 
retire from teaching after 30, 35 years, whenever their retirement kicks in. Right. But they still go back and like they're the librarian or they work in the, they work with special needs kids or, you know, whatever the, whatever the part-time gig is. Right. And that's kind of how I think of it is like, yeah, I retire from full-time teaching, teaching air quotes for radio, but I still have my toe in the water because I miss it so much. Oh, absolutely. And of course with, you know, with, with your lovely family and everything, I mean, you want to spend some more time with you, with your guy McGilney and all that. So, so, Jeremy, let's turn our attention to the uh, to the Nashville Predators, because I know that you've continued to follow the team that you've continued to. You know, it's kind of hard to, you know, get that out of your system. Um, What are your thoughts on this team right now? I mean, this is a, you know, real a real Dickens of a team. Best of times, worst of times type thing. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a tough one, Paul, because. This team, I've, I've, I've tweeted about this. I used to say I write about this, but I, I haven't been writing. Uh, I tweeted about this a while back, and I've made no secret about it. This this team with guys like Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, right? This roster is built maybe not to contend for a cup, although, again, you get in and anything can happen. But I would argue that they are absolutely a playoff team. The, the, on paper, if you look at this roster and, and and what their resumes boast, you would say, "Yeah, I mean, this is this is a playoff team." Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, when they play, when when they've been playing poorly or they've been struggling to put a full sixty minutes together, uh, it's infuriating because you you know you think they should be better, but they're not better. Now, you know, I will, now I'll give you this though. I'll give you this though. The last couple of games, even against Tampa. Even in the loss, even the six three loss, they looked a lot better. I mean, they looked more like they probably should in those games, uh, and that was promising. But we they're also dealing with what is it eight injuries? I think at the yeah. time, so they're it's almost like they <laughs> they're so young, Paul. They don't know any better. It's like it's it seriously yeah. has like that kind of flavor to it, and maybe that's a good thing. I don't I don't know. We'll see. I kind of like the idea because uh, look. You know, I've been I have been dying for Ellie Tolvanen to get into this lineup, you know, almost since the day he was drafted and, you know, give give the Predators full marks for giving him the patience to develop his complete game. But when you look at a Tolvanen right now and how he's playing, you can't pull him out of the lineup when you look at uh, when you look at I mean. To me, I still don't understand why Yakov Trenin is not an absolute staple in this lineup. And and that's kind of when I look at the frustrating things, you know, the injuries are one thing. Those are going to happen. And right now this team is just, is the walking wounded for heaven's sakes. But um, you're starting to see the elements of a successful team to your point, uh, Jeremy. And I'm not trying, you know, look, you know, I, I don't want to say, oh, wow, so they, they just beat Tampa. Everything's wonderful because it's not. <laughs> no. Okay. But, um, you know, one of the things we, you know, we tend to forget in football country that a 56 game season, one loss doesn't kill you. One win doesn't put you in. But um, the runway is so incredibly short right now when you've got what less than, you know, two and a half weeks away from the trade deadline. But you're looking at this team and going, okay, they are, they've got a game in hand. And they're only eight points behind a team that they play six more times this year. And that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I don't think Chicago ends up in that four spot. It could be Columbus. It could be Dallas. It could be Nashville. Um, I think Nashville is probably 
the longer shot. Dallas still has five games in hand um, with all the problems that they had from a weather perspective and COVID perspective. Um, They couldn't they couldn't play any games, it seemed like, for a while. Well, and now it, it's like it seems like every time, you know, you can't swing a dead cat without seeing a, you know, a Dallas Stars game, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. So, I mean, when you look at that, I mean, this team is not, I, I, you know, and I'm trying not to be Pollyanna here. This team is not out of it, but, you know, it's time to go on a run. Do you use that big win over Tampa as a springboard? to start going on a run. Cause I mean, let's face it, you get another, you know, four out of six points remaining on this road trip. You've survived a murderer's row of a schedule. I, I don't disagree. Uh, so for those who don't know, or aren't looking at the calendar at the moment, it's Florida tomorrow night in Florida, Florida on Saturday in Florida, and then Dallas in Dallas on Sundays. So you have a back-to-back set there, even though there's not exactly 24 hours, like 32 hours in between games. Right. And then you have a homestand against Detroit for a couple of games, and then you have the homestand that Paul mentioned against Chicago in Chicago, and then you're back against Detroit. That closes out March. So are those winnable games? Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I tend to – look, I'm, look I think I'm with you, Paul. This, is, this team, again, I just said it earlier, is made up like it's an absolute playoff team on paper. Mm-hmm. You bring in Luke Cunning, you bring in – Nick Cousins, you, you bring in Richardson. These guys aren't going to like, you know, they're not going to like blow your socks off, right? you know, score 20 goals or anything. But you bring Eric Hollow, who's been a tremendous penalty killer. But you bring in these guys to kind of fill in the edges, right? To fill in the pieces. And, and bring an edge. And bring an edge. Yes, yes. yes. And, and, and and the opposite is happening. Not for, not for those players in particular. I just mean in general. Right. The team is not a... Uh, one guy away from a deep playoff run, or like you know, like like all the the solution should be in the room, and I truly believe that the solution is in the room. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's not clicking. Oh, overall, like it is a body of work, and so it's a long winded way of saying that I need to see more. You 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 played well against Tampa, even in the six three loss. You beat Tampa, and you played well in that game as well. And you seem to have a more consistent effort in both of those games. By the way. Mm-hmm. That's great, but can you do it against Florida? Can you go to Detroit and dominate? Can you can you beat? Can you you know knock off Dallas on that Sunday off the back to backs, which right. as a team that's kind of had your number, right? Mm-hmm. Now, once you do those things, if they, let's say let's say they split Florida, they beat Dallas and they they blast Detroit seven nothing and five one or something like that, right? Now you have my attention. Now I start to believe again. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that they've not given the fan base any reason to believe that even if they were to squeak in to that fourth spot, that they could do anything against Tampa or Florida. And that is the issue. It. Yep. No, no, right. Question. Yeah. That's, yep. that's the issue. No question about it. Well, we are just getting started here on Slapshot Radio. You know, they've been with us since day one of the show. The premier sponsor of Slapshot Radio is Drs. Aileen Kruger and Tyler Boland over at Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Man, what a great staff. Just a great environment, safe 
comfortable. They do make it so easy to get your dental needs taken care of. You know what? They take care of my teeth. They take care of Zach's teeth. They really are outstanding when it comes down to the things you need for good oral health. Check out their website at webrightensmiles.com or call them for an appointment at 872-7762. Don't forget the 615 in front of it. That's 615-872-7762. Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. We brighten smiles. Special guest host Jeremy K. Gover with us tonight. Do want to talk to you just a little bit about our friend Carter Church from KW Murfreesboro. Now, Carter, I've known him as we've worked together for the Predators, and I'm going to tell you, I've seen how Carter's over 20 years of media and marketing experience have driven his proven success as a real estate professional. Now, you need Carter on your team, so call Carter today at 615-429-2044. That's 615-429-2044. Carter Church, your real estate professional if you're buying or if you're selling, you got to call Carter today. And you know what, Jeremy, I think our next guest may have, if he was moving to Nashville, probably would have called Carter. But after moving all the way to the uh, to, to the West Coast, he has now moved back to the East Coast. Good friend of the show, welcoming back Greg Wazinski. Greg, how are things in, in your world? Do you still have boxes or are they finally unpacked? <laughs> no, they're, most of them are unpacked. There's a few that aren't. Uh, also, you know, when you move from one place to the other, you were, of course, dealing with a differently sized apartment. So we're kind of like rearranging life to see what we need and don't need. But it's good to be back. You know, I miss the uh, start times for games, I think, on the West Coast. Uh, that was a luxury. But uh, but New York is home and, and we're happy to uh, be back here. Well, and obviously you're going to be being used a lot more. Uh, starting with next year, the big news uh, last week, the uh, the signing of a of a seven year deal between uh, the National Hockey League and ESPN. You've got to be really, really excited about that one. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, like I've been telling people, the, the greatest thing about this uh, rights deal um, is that a lot of the things that, you know, I've, I've wanted to do uh, maybe will happen now. Uh it's tough when you're not a rights holder. Um, not only does it sort of rearrange priorities for the place you work as far as, you know, where they put resources. Um, but, it, you know, there's a lot of doors that are closed to you just overall if you don't have that kind of access. So I think life will change in a pretty exciting way um, in, insofar as like what we're able to do in coverage and and in the ideas that we have and things like that. But the biggest thing for me is twofold with this deal. First, like I've been saying for years, um, even before I started working at ESPN, the idea that the NHL had a monolithic rights deal in the U.S. was stupid. Uh, the NBA, MLB, NFL, they all spread their wealth through different networks. I love the fact that the NHL is on ESPN. I love the fact even more it's going to be on another place too. It's, it's only good for the sport. And the other thing is that I'm just super happy for the folks at my place that kept the flame alive for a long time. Your Linda Cohen's and Steve Levy's and 
John Bucciagrasses and, and Barry Melrose's and so many other people that you don't know behind the scenes that the first time I went to Bristol, I walked in and saw a bunch of whalers and Bruins and even Predators gear uh, in the newsroom. There's, there's a ton of hockey fans that work at ESPN, and I just can't be happy, happy enough for all of them that have been waiting for this moment, myself included. We are on the line with ESPN.com hockey writer and soon to be ESPN's replacement for Don Cherry. I think it's <laughs> coming. I really do. It's Greg Wyszynski. Hey, uh, Jeremy K. Gover, you got a question for Greg? I do. Uh, Greg, first of all, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, hey. The thing, uh, thing I miss the most, by the way, about growing up in California is the early puck drops and kickoffs and all that stuff. Getting up. On a Saturday morning and seeing not and seeing college football kick off at nine thirty was awesome. So oh, yeah. I, so I know everything you're saying. Oh yeah. Uh, when you look at this Predators team, uh, let's call it on paper, okay? So you think, you know, Johansson's a former 60, 60 point guy. You know, Duchesne obviously is a former seventy point guy, et cetera, all the way down the line, right? How special Philip Forsberg is. Roman Yossi wins a Norris. Blah 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 blah. From a national perspective. Are you? Th- this is a playoff caliber team. Maybe not a cup contending team, but a, ca- a playoff caliber team. Correct. Well, it's a, it's a playoff caliber team in that division. Um, you know, if you look at what the Florida Panthers have been able to accomplish, for example, they've they've beaten the teams they should beat. Because once you get past Tampa and Carolina, I think you have a lot of sameness, um, but you also have, you know, some teams that could maybe punch above their weight. The Panthers being one. Dallas being another and the Predators being, you know, the third, I think, in that mix um, that they haven't is disappointing. Um, You know, I I think the roster is not the perfect construction, to be honest with you. Um, You know, Johansson and and Duchesne, I think at best are are probably 2A, 2A centers, second line centers at this point, even though Johansson in the past has been a reliable first liner. I think that's more the product of being on a really good line than, than driving the line himself. Um, their supporting cast is sort of middling and um, their goaltending has proven to be unreliable, I think would be the word I would use this season. So, you know, I, 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 I is it a playoff? Should it be a playoff team in theory? Maybe just because I think they're a shade better than some of the other middling teams in that division. Um, but I, I think it's both a problem with coaching as the system has shown it can't provide the offense necessary in this league in 2021 to succeed and in construction in the sense that David Poyle built a team, kept it together, and there's been diminishing returns on that group. You know, it's interesting that you brought up uh, coaching in there because obviously, I mean, you know, Pred Nation is pretty frustrated right now. I mean, th- this is a frustrating team to watch in some respects. A lot of blame being placed on the coach. You watch this coach in, uh, you know, being a being a Devils fan and being up there. You watch this coach in 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 New Jersey. What are we not seeing from this coach's um, systems in Nashville that we should be seeing? I mean, you're seeing what I saw. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a mystery. That's why we were all like, why'd you hire him? Um, look, they were, they were it, during his time in New Jersey, the Devils were 29th in goals per game. Okay, during his entire span there. And, and there were some pretty bad teams he coached, and there were some okay teams, and there were some 
pretty okay, you know, players that he had there. By no means were these teams offensive juggernauts. I think you could say he has more offensive talent to work with in Nashville, and the Predators are currently 27th, 27th overall in goals per game. So, you know, 29th in Jersey with garbage offensively on the roster for the most part, and then 27th in Nashville where there's a bit more offense to have. To me, this is a system problem. <laughs> you know, it clearly is. I think there's proof of concept right now that John Hines, despite being a very cool dude and, and, uh, and uh, you know, I think an effective coach at maybe other levels has a system that he plays in this league that does not generate offense on a consistent basis and on a basis where it needs to be in a league where clearly uh, teams are scoring at a higher rate than, than we've seen, you know, in, in previous decades, or I should say probably for the last decade. Now, offense is down a tick this year, but it's still been a four-year trend of goal scoring being at a premium in this league, and his teams don't score. So, Greg, you've, you've seen in your illustrious career, you've seen plenty of examples of, of uh, teams that were supposed to, let's say, contend for a cup and barely made it in the playoffs and then got bounced, or teams that were supposed to make the playoffs but then were just terrible. And there's always a domino effect. And so I, and taking into consideration that John Hines barely has 100 games, I don't, I don't even know if he even has 100 games under his belt yet, oh. uh, on, as, as far as Predators go. And then on top of that, taking into account David Poyle's staying power and providing the, the club with what he thought they needed, meaning more weapons and maybe not an elite scorer, but certainly a bunch of second line guys, right, for depth scoring. Taking all those things into account, based on your perspective and what you've experienced around this league, what do you think the domino effect is for a team like this going forward? It's a great question. So I think it's one of three things. The first thing is that Hines and Poyle come back next season, and this season is treated as an anomaly because it's 56 games, because it's within its own division. There are going to be a lot of teams that might not get the results they want this year that are going to have to just, you know, swallow the bile and push forward because you don't want to overreact to a season that's unprecedented. And, 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 you know, you've got a full season next year and, and let's see what happens. Or it could be a situation where David Poyle goes upstairs Another Poyle takes over as general manager. And then maybe, you know, Hines is still the, the head coach, or maybe not. Or this disparate collection of owners you guys have in Nashville come together and say, you know what? Maybe it's time for regime change. And then instead of getting kicked upstairs, Poyle's out. Brian Poyle's out. New GM comes in. And then obviously you're going to have a new coach to go along with that GM. So I I think it's one of those three scenarios. I don't quite know which one is the clubhouse leader, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Poyle and and Hines come back next year. If there isn't an appetite to quickly hit the reset button from again, the disparate collection of owners that are behind this team. It's an interesting point that you make, Greg. Um, I'm going to, I got time for one more quick question. Um, What do you think happens in Buffalo now? They, uh, (laughs) they get rid of, they get rid of Kruger and um, who everyone thought was just a phenomenal hire. Um, What, you know, what happens with the Sabres for heaven's sakes? I mean, you know, it's like, if you want to feel better about being a Preds fan, look at Buffalo. Well, 
first of all, we were all wrong. He's not a good coach. Uh, we all we all were very excited because we liked yeah. talking to him, and we all got very excited because he wasn't a traditional hire. We were all rooting very hard for him to be good, but he's not, and that's on us for not having processed that maybe after his first two years as a coach in this league. Where does Buffalo go next? What do they do next? From a managerial standpoint, it's a great question. I know that there are a lot of whispers out there that Jim Rutherford could be the guy who goes there and tries to fix things to be reunited with uh, a player of his uh, in in Kevin Adams. Um, But then it comes down to what is the money for him and what is the autonomy for him or for anybody that comes in, considering the meddling that's gone on with the Bagulas there. But the biggest question about that organization and, and what is going to, to determine the next steps of Sabres hockey history will be if Jack Eichel wants to leave. And if he wants to leave, then you gotta, you've got to trade him. Um, and if you trade him, then it could be a very, very interesting offseason with a number of different teams offering up incredible bounties that can certainly replenish your, your roster in, a, in an interesting way going forward. Um, but it's going to really come down to what Eichel wants. If he wants out, you trade him. If he wants to stay, maybe you still trade him, you know, because you clearly have a team that has to kind of go into yet another phase of rebuilding uh, based on what's going on there. He is on ESPN.com, the hockey writer extraordinaire and good friend of the show. Greg, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We certainly appreciate you and hope to have you back come playoff time. Okay. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, Greg Wazinski from ESPN.com, and we will be right back right here on Slapshot Radio, ESPN 1025, The Game. He's kind of going through the decades. I kind of like it. You know, he's kind of standing in the 80s right now. Got to take it back a little bit. I noticed. I noticed. So, um, Jeremy, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the um, uh, about the situation in Buffalo. Um, it seems to be, um, you know, you wonder at that point, is this ownership now? Is it, um, is it the, the general manager? I mean, you know, what do they need to do in Buffalo now? You know, it's, it's a good question, Paul, uh, because Buffalo is – I got some stats for you. We'll start there, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> they are they are 0-10-2 in their last 12. That is the opposite of good. Yeah. They have two wins in their last 19 games, also the opposite of good. And in those 19 games, they've, they have averaging, they're averaging 1.73 goals per game. Which means no matter if you have Tuka Rask, or excuse me, Tim Thomas at Vesna Trophy level, you're still not winning. That's what that means. So uh, it's it's not good. And that's, you know, again, you don't look at that roster and be like, oh, hey, playoff team necessarily, right? You know but what? You do have Actually, Sam Reinhart, you have Eichel, you got Taylor Hall, you got Eric yes. Stahl, an aging Eric Stahl, you got Darlene, who's a, supposed to be a... The second coming on defense, Casey Middlestat. We actually, I got to see him play in college personally. He looks, he's great. Jeff Skinner. I mean, what? You've got, a, he go? you've got some, you've got some tools there. I mean, honestly, I saw them as a dark horse for the playoffs, and I mean, I, I really did preseason, and you know, and and Brent and Zach will not let me forget that I did call that. But I mean, this this was completely unexpected to me. I, I mean. 
you know, to Greg Wazinski's point, I thought Kruger was a much better head coach than he turned out to be, at least in this uh, organization. But for something like this, you got to start looking at the culture of the organization, not necessarily of the GM, not necessarily of the coach, but what is the environment of that organization? And that, 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 that team's in trouble. That franchise is in trouble and they are wasting a generational talent in Jack Eichel. I agree. I agree. And I don't fault Jack Eichel at all. No, not if at he all. Wants to, if he wants to move on, there's been a lot of rumors that he has. The guy has played one, two, three, four, my California public school math says six seasons. Um, and so he's played six seasons in the league. That is more than enough time for them to get their stuff together. Yeah. Right? I, Meaning yeah the team. No so question. it's not on him if he wants to leave. And, you know, and, it, and it's funny because he's at that point now where he has to look and say, all right, you know, I'm six seasons in another six, seven, eight seasons. Is it going to take that long in Buffalo? Right. And if you look at the history of this team, I mean, when's the last time the Sabres were truly competitive? A maximum Finneganov years, probably. And I, um, that's right. Yeah. I mean, Paul yeah, Gostad, maximum Finneganov. You're going uh, back 10, like 12, 10, 12 years minimum. Oh, sure. And I mean, you've got a, you've got a, a, a a fan base in Buffalo, God love them. I mean, they've oh, yeah. gone through wide right. They've gone through four straight Super Bowl losses. They've gone through the skate in the crease game. They went through the fog games in the 70s. They, and people always forget to mention one, and I love that you brought this up. The year after they had this, they, they got the no goal in Dallas, yep. right? So they lost the cup on the no goal. The year after that, they were playing the Flyers in the playoffs, and John LeClaire scored through the net. Through the net. I remember that. And it took him eight, nine minutes later to figure out on replay that it went through the net, and everyone went ballistic. Well, so Buffalo, I'm telling you, it, <laughs> yeah. they got a, they've got a curse, They're, and I, I hate it for them. Yeah, I do because you look at and I, I you know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of Buffalo fans, and God love them. You ever want to have a good time, go see the Bills backers. You know, go to a place where the Bills backers are gathering. They are just a blast to watch a, fo- a watch a football game with, and they usually come in in great numbers for the Buffalo for the Sabers here. Yeah, so they're just a great sports fans. But this is the thing, right? So you've got you've done a generational talent like Jack Eichel. When you draft in the top two of the of the draft, and especially at first overall. But remember, in his draft year, it was Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid. You're not getting drafted before Connor McDavid. So Jack Eichel was the consolation prize, and he's a pretty good consolation prize. This guy has 355 points in 375 career games. That's basically a point-per-game player. Man. He's 24 years old, right? He's not even in the prime of his career yet. And he's played six seasons in the NHL. He has given Buffalo pretty much everything that he could, they could possibly ask of him as a point-per-game guy that's yep. drafted high that's supposed to save their franchise. He can't do it himself. But that's where you start, right? You start. That's why everyone blasts Edmonton until recently because they had three number one picks basically in a row, right? And they, and they yeah. still didn't do anything with them. So you're right. Gee, Jack Ralph Eichel was there too. <laughs> yeah, Jack Eichel is a, is a generational talent, and I do believe that if they can't fix the internal culture of the organization, then he's going to have to go somewhere else, and we're going to see him put up 90 points a season because he'll have the pressure off of him of having save, to be the guy to save the right? franchise. You're right. Yes. One other right. story I want to get with you is I know you've got a hockey game coming up and you need to get over the mighty drunks are in action tonight uh, over at Fordyce Center. But um, the New York Rangers coaches are not available 
to the team tonight for their game against the Philadelphia Flyers because of COVID-19 protocols. Now, you've heard how goalie controversies get started. A goalie goes down, can't start a game. A goalie comes in, goes on a run. Um, the Rangers are up 3 nothing early in the second period right now. Coaches? Who needs coaches? I remember Larry Robinson in the 90s. And I don't remember what year it was. I know he's the coach of the Devils. Mm-hmm. But Larry Robinson in the 90s, I, I, I cannot find this clip. I've tried, Paul, several times <laughs> to, make it, to make a visual example in a story I was writing on multiple occasions. But... Uh, Larry Robinson said at the podium post game, when the players and I'm paraphrasing, when the players realize they need coaches, will be will be a lot better. If they didn't need coaches, why do we have them? Is how is basically what he said, and it was so just slug in the face to his own team. Yeah, and I was like, that's what I'm talking about. So here we have. So th- now you have the Rangers trying to maybe do their best with that with, with just kind of playing. I don't really know. But at the same time, they they've been coached. It's not like they have no coach. I mean, they've oh no, been coached of course. The whole time and, and they brought know. up they brought up the Hartford coaching staff and the associate yeah. the associate GM is actually Chris. You know, the associate GM Chris Drury is assistant coaching tonight. It's almost hey guys, like they we, went, we need warm bodies. We need yeah. warm bodies standing behind us. If you guys could just yeah. go stand back, it's there. almost like they, they went had to, an auction. They went to the garden and said, auction. "Okay, tonight's coach of the year is, is it, <laughs> row twenty five. Yeah, that's but, right. Um, anyway, well. Um, uh, Jeremy, I know that you've got to get going to a game, and I certainly appreciate you taking the time to to join us tonight as our as our special co-host. And we'll make sure it's done another 10, 12 years before you have you back on the show. <laughs> I would love that, Paul. Uh, I love you, man. I do miss seeing you a lot. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you having me on because it's a uh, again, it's nice to be able to just keep my toe in. Everyone, you know, you never know what might happen down the road. So I appreciate Absolutely. everybody listening. I appreciate you having me there. Thank you so much. All righty. Jeremy K. Gover, it's great to have him back in Smashville and, uh, you know, keep his, keep an ear out on AP News Radio for uh, his coverage of the NCAA Regionals. And we are going to be right back right here on Slapshot Radio. Speaking of the AP, man, what a great AP beat writer. Teresa Walker going to join us uh, to talk some Preds hockey and to talk some other things as well right here on Slapshot Radio, ESPN 1025, the- the game. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Slapshot Radio. Can't get jiggy with it on the wheels of steel. Paul McCann coming out to Slapshot Radio. Brent and Zach have the night off, and uh, I'm I'm really excited. I've never had a TSWA Hall of Famer on. My radio show. This is awesome. Teresa Walker from the AP joining us. Teresa, welcome to Slapshot Radio. Well, hello, Paul. And yeah, I was beginning to wonder if you were ever going to ask. I mean, you know, I, I talk. I, 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 I'm not somebody who's real picky. I, I talk to everybody, and you know, so I was so glad you finally asked. I am. I am. I am getting my appropriate amount of grief, and I appreciate that. So. Teresa, we've been talking about this, uh, you know, uh, uh, for for weeks now. And, um, you know, the first question I ask, uh, you know, every guest that covers this team or has the, you know, has the access to watch this team a lot of, you know, what do you think the issues are here? Well, 
I, I, I tell you, Paul, if I had that answer, yeah, you'd I would be behind called, the bench. <laughs> exactly. I would have called David Poyle, uh, you know, a couple of years ago and gotten these fixed. But I mean, it's been kind of the same issues now for uh, a couple seasons. You know, since the loss to the Winnipeg Jets in the second round, it's just been kind of the same thing. You know, maybe did some guys get some long contracts and, you know, maybe did they keep did they maybe just a little bit of that hunger, that drive, you know, it, it, you know, that's the thing to keep improving, no matter the field, you have to keep working hard, you know, because there's always somebody younger wanting your job. No, again, I say this because I can't tell you how many people I've asked, uh, had asked me, when are you retiring? And it's like, <laughs> you know, no, never, I'm not. Never. It, exactly. I kind of like my job. I've got a good one. Yeah. You know, how much of it was that, Uh, you know, we we saw the same things happening, you know, before they fired Peter Laviolette, after they hired John Hines, and it's tough to make changes midstream. And then when they did have the break, it's not like he could get them on the ice and work with them. So, uh, you know, we saw some of those same things, you know, they play great for period. And this season, they were playing really great in the third period, but forgetting the period, you know, the game starts. And that, you know, when, the, when you drop the puck in those first two periods. So it, it, it's been befuddling, honestly. Uh, and, and I will say this, though, you know, the, the churn and the changes on their defensive core, uh, you know, Pekka Rene isn't able to erase some of the mistakes that he did in his prime. And that maybe exposes a defense core that is not what it used to be. And they just haven't had the consistent offensive production. It's, it's been absolutely bizarre to watch a team that was so good. You know, they backed up their run to the Stanley Cup final, Paul, by getting and winning the President's Trophy the next season. That was good. But then from then on, it's just been – it's been a, it's been a, a slip slide since then. Well, and you know, it is funny because if you think back to that president's trophy winning season, they didn't really have great special teams. Their penalty kill wasn't bad, but, but the, the power play really wasn't that good. It came and it rose up and bit them big time in that Winnipeg series. They weren't able to take advantage of, of, of the opportunities that were given to them. And I, and, and I agree with that, but I guess my question to you, Teresa, do you think is this, I mean, it seems like we see this same thing playing out, you know, basically for the third time in the last seven, eight years that I, I just wonder is, is this, do you think it's a culture issue? Is it a, you know, I mean, because I truly believe that David Poyle went out and got what I thought this team needed. It needed more grit. It needed more, you know, a little more size. It needed a little more speed, they got those things and uh, sure it takes a little while to put the chemistry together, but I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's frustrating watching this team right now. Well, and remember there was a lot of changeover. He did change up some pieces of this roster, but because of COVID it's not like these guys can go hang, go to dinner true, and, and, and do some of the things off the ice that can help bring a team together. So you drop them in and, you know, it, it, the way things occurred before naturally, it's, it's just not happening now. So they're limited to practice time, uh, maybe flight times, but because of protocols and everything, I mean, shoot, the Rangers coaching staff is all out right now. You know, it's, it's bizarre. So it, you know, 
yeah, you can, but that's the thing. It feels like David Poyle's putting, okay, I need grit. I need this. I need speed. You know, because of all the injuries, we're seeing this, the youth movement that we thought we were going to get this season. We're seeing it on the ice as we speak. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's pressing buttons and it, it's just not happening yet. Uh, and, you know, it's tough to say, but it, the whole year of this past year of COVID, how could it have not had an occurrence? You know, John Hines has had really no time to to pull this. He can't take this team to a bowling alley or to a movie theater. Right, right. Uh, you know, and, and those guys can't go, you know, they can't go to, you know, I, I don't, you know, they can't go to a bar and drink after a road game, you know, or just do something on an off day. It's just They can't even hang out in each other's rooms. Exactly. And we're seeing that with the NCAA tournament up in Indiana and Texas. So it's it. So all that kind of thing that can bring a team together, it just doesn't seem like it's happening. So you got to do it on the ice. And that means you're doing it. Uh, you know, re- remember Barry Trotz used to talk about that speeding train of the, tr- of the playoffs. Right. Well, that's what they're doing. They're trying to create a team with an incredibly short preseason and on the fly during the season. And it's just not coming together. And it is interesting because you look at the teams that were in that, um, you know, that didn't make a lot of changes that didn't add a lot of players that did. And, and again, hindsight's always 2020, you know, you, you want to make the moves you need to make. I mean, that, that, that's not a criticism at all, but if you look at the ones that are really, really doing well, it's the ones that didn't have a lot of change in the off season. They know each other. They know, you know, so chemically it's been a difficult time with this team. And uh, to your point, Teresa, uh, you know, the coaching staff is sitting, I was kidding about this with, uh, with um, Jeremy Gover earlier. Um, but you know what? I think if I'm the New York Rangers, I'm not going to go ahead and hire any more coaches. They're up six, nothing right now, halfway through the second period. <laughs> Who needs a coach? <laughs> Exactly. Why work with what's, you know, why mess with what's working? And, and then the last piece, Paul, is that the guys who should be carrying this team, Philip Forsberg's doing his job, yep. but Matt Duchesne, Johansson, Arvidsson's trying, but, you know, he almost seems snake bit. I mean, that, that shot in overtime oh. the other night when it just goes across, straight across and nowhere near the inside of the net. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the guys that, you know, David Poyle paid, to, to, to come through, you know, for so many of them are struggling last season and it's gotten worse this season. So, you know, at a certain point, they've got to step up and snap out of it. Yeah. And especially you're, you're correct. Now I, I, I might give a little bit of an exception to Ryan Johansson only because when you look at this team's record with Johansson on the ice versus without Johansson on the ice, it's night and day. Very and, true. you know, so, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to give him that credit. I mean, I don't think, you know, yes, he's been a, you know, he's been a previous, you know, uh, you know, 2025 goal scorer. But again, he, he's the one C that can feed everybody. And, you know, and the finish has not been there. And I think, you know, you, you hear, you hear Terry Chris talk about this all the time. You know, we'd like to see him be a little bit more selfish because as soon as Joey gets the puck, it's like everybody falls off to falls over to Forsberg, falls over to Arvidsson, or falls over to Tolvin because you know they know a pass is coming. And at this point, it's time for him to change up his game and fire off a couple of shots and put a question in that defense's mind. 
Oh, uh, absolutely. Because this, the, the instant he starts shooting the puck more at the net, those guys are going to peel off. And then suddenly he'll have more open guys to, to pass to. Yep. But he has to start shooting. He has to start trying to score uh, because that's also what's expected to, of him. He can, he can really dish the, the puck off well, but he has to score. And, you know, if he starts doing that, guess what? That might take some of the pressure off of an Arvidsson and get him going. And, you know, that... Yep. And that's maybe that's part of the issue that's just been missing. No question. And Teresa, I've got about a minute left. Which one of the kids is really impressing you right now? The 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 younger players that we've seen over the last four or five games. I'm going to say Tolvanen because I was in Korea when he played in the Olympics. I've been expecting him to do this ever since I saw him there. And I was a little surprised that he took such a step back and seemed to be, you know, and, and it's, you do want him to work on the other aspects of his game. But he is an offensively gifted kid, and he is just fun to watch, particularly when he gets the puck near the faceoff dot in that left circle. Boy, fun. She is a member of the 2020 class of the Tennessee Sports Writers Hall of Fame, and she's also a multiple uh, Sports Writer of the Year winner. I'm telling you, I'm so happy to have you on, Teresa. We're going to do it again real soon. Teresa Walker, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Paul. All right. Teresa Walker from the AP. You can read her stuff on AP.com. Really, really great coverage of everything she talks about. And guess what? That's it for tonight's Slapshot Radio. We're back next Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Penalty Box Radio is up next. I got a big thank you to our special guest host, Jeremy K. Gover, and our guests, Greg Wojcinski and Teresa Walker. And, of course, big thank yous to our sponsors, Hermitage Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Cool Springs Wines and Spirits on Moores Lane and Cool Springs I'm telling you, best prices on wines and spirits in Middle Tennessee. And, of course, Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries with three locally owned Middle Tennessee locations with furniture in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And, of course, our good friend Carter Church. When you visit one of our sponsors, please make sure you tell them you heard about them on Slapshot Radio and thank them for their support. For our producer, the one and only Kenny, our co-hosts who happen to be off tonight, Brent and Zach, I'm Paul McCann saying good night. And good hockey.